Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the new and improved The Sea Report, coming to you live on this June 15th, 2021, and it is a Wednesday, and the uh, heavens above have just started to pour all over my city. Uh, Just as we were sitting here, I could hear the thunderclouds rolling in, so it looks like it's going to be a rainy evening here in San Antonio, Texas, but that's not going to get us down. That's not going to get us down at all. We're only happy when it rains. No, just kidding, but you know, some people do see rain as a blessing. I know I am one of those individuals, and uh, most definitely I hope everyone is having a great Wednesday daytime, afternoon, morning, evening. I won't see you tonight, so I hope you have a good night as well. But uh, yes, here we are. We are live on the Sea Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, as always. And I am coming to you live on the Foxhole app, the Twitch, and the Trovo. I don't know if they use those nouns in particular in front of their names, but... You know, yeah. Okay, cool. I hope everyone is doing good. Hey there, I see people starting to roll into the chat. We got Joy for Trump. I could have expected you'd been there. You've taken back your uh, your first spot there in the chat room. I see um, Senor or Sen- Senorita Joy for Trump. <laughs> hope that you are having a great afternoon. Okay, and then let me go ahead and do this here. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, you guys might have noticed I had something a little bit different going on in the background here and uh, trying to make sure everything is all, all systems go. Um, today's actually our 100th episode. We're not really going to do a big old celebration or anything like that. Uh, it's just not our style. But, yep, that is 100 episodes of The Sea Report. That's not including Mr. C in the Dark. That's not including uh, any of the specials that I've done. Uh, or watch parties, and it's not including. Well, hello, Mr. C. It's just straight up C reporting, guys. So it's it's a little it's a little bit of a benchmark slash uh, milestone for any show, I guess. But eh, I think after a year, maybe it'll be like I'll have a piece of cake on screen or something like that. But you know, it's just um, it's just you know a hundred episodes. <laughs> so hey there, all right. Joy from Trump is home work uh, from work early, so that's good. All right. And then also, I'm quite curious to know. So please do tell, how is the sound today? Because um, we were working on some things here and I just, you know, I have to I'd I'd be remiss not to uh, thank the viewers out there who have been so kind to me, um, whether gifting um, gold pills or sending gifts. uh, I appreciate you all for helping the show uh, step it up and become something bigger than it was and perhaps something bigger than it could have been. Um, But that's just to say, Katie Mann says it's good over there where she's at. How are you doing over there, Katie Mann and the good old UK? Glad you're joining us over on the Twitch side. Um, Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. And then I don't know, you know, um, I figured, you know, we'll go ahead and change things up uh, in our background here. The only thing I wasn't too certain about with this background I have going on behind me now 
is it's to me it's not America first. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know it's it's just uh, any any kind of background I could find that was animated that was like a flag or you know something to that effect. You know, Old Glory, Americana. Uh, they just moved so fast. I thought it might make viewers dizzy or give them like I don't know some type of. Uh, uh, motion sickness. So <laughs> I figured, hey, we'll just go with this one. It's the planet. And, you know, it kind of looks like, I don't know, it's encircled by information and satellites. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll go with that. We'll see. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I uh, I always I always value my listeners feedback. But either way, okay, guys, let's go ahead and get underway with today's show. Um, we'll start, as always, with a little bit of chat recap. Now, yesterday, I had quite a bit of chat recap to go through. It was very fun and entertaining for me. Uh, I remember someone was like, oh, so you go back and you read your chat, huh? And I was like, well, I mean... Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being an eavesdropper by any means, but I don't always get to engage you guys in chat during the show. As you may have known, um, after all, most of you have been here with me. Uh, thank you for that feedback, Katie Man. Katie Man likes the backdrop. Awesome. Thank you so much. I could play one. I could I could show you all one of the other ones. Like, it's just, it's moving so fast. I'm just like, no, I got dizzy watching it. Anyways, I don't want you guys to get motion sickness watching me uh, unless you're, you know, unless you're puking for another reason. Hey, Texan, what's going on? Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the show. We're just getting things starting. Just talking a little bit about the chat recap in the background here. Uh, oh, did you see that? I need. Uh, I'll, I'll. I will get lights next to make sure that my hand does not disappear like that. <laughs> Anyways, because otherwise you could see it. Anyways, okay. Uh, don't worry. The spirit of America is still behind me. I promise you guys. The spirit of America is still behind me. Still got my Trump flag hanging, and uh, still got my uh, you know old glory and everything uh, at my back. But anyways, um, yeah. The chat recaps was talking about that because one time someone was like. You, you you read your chat after the show or something. So I was like, you know what? I don't always get to engage the chat. You know, I'll never finish a C report. I mean, we're at two hours now. Imagine me going for three or four hours just because I'm uh, caught between uh, reporting or, you know, sharing the stories and, um, you know, and then, you know, uh, engaging with the audience, which is all good and fun because I, I enjoy it. You guys get me on a roll sometimes. Let me tell you what. But... <laughs> Uh, so that's why I do the chat recap. So I will recap the chat from the previous show. And then, you know, it's also, it's, it also serves as a kind of one of those previously on the C report, uh, because sometimes we'll talk about, I mean, we will be, we will be engaging some of the conversations that we shared in the last C report. So it serves as a good refresher. It serves as a good way to acknowledge the audience and all of the good points that y'all bring up and, uh, just some of the funness that, uh, you all, uh, you all guys have out in there. Like, uh, it's always fun to see friends hanging out and catching up with each other. Even if it is like, a, you know, I'm not one of those, uh, um, I'm not one of those uh, streamers that takes it personal. You know, if, uh, if I'm talking about, I don't know, um, you know, election, no, no, let, let's pick something that's not so uh, of the moment, right? Like say I'm talking about, I don't know, um, the Israel and Palestine situation, speaking of not of the moment, right? And uh, you guys are having a, a good chat about your family or your pets or where you want on vacation. Like that is, you know, 
that's fine by me. I mean, I, I don't take offense to that. And then, of course, you know, we will have those um, in chat that will keep us on target and keep us focused. But I think it's more important that y'all keep me focused than you guys, because if I get off of fo- if I get off focus, we're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, all right. Oh, Disco Ball Chaser. Thank you so much. Happy 100th episode. Uh-huh. In case you all did not know, um, I'll introduce you now. Uh, Disco Ball Chaser, that is my sister. Uh, that is her account, uh, otherwise known as Sister C, uh, as so christened, right? Anyway, so uh, she's hanging out over there in the Foxhole app. Uh, thank you for watching the show. Actually, she watches the show just about every time I go on. I mean, uh, no other family member has done such a thing for me. So I'm so thankful for my sister and uh, for always encouraging me to uh, to keep doing what I'm doing. Even, you know, there were even there was even a time when I was like, maybe I should stop you know, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. And she said no, because there are people like me out there who don't watch the news anymore and who don't like just because they know it's BS, you know. And uh, she said, I I get the news now, so you need to keep doing it. (laughs) Basically something to that effect. You know, she said anyway, so kept me going kept me going and and uh, here we are now so anyways thanks for the uh thanks for the warm wishes sis i appreciate it um all right guys so y'all leave y'all better y'all better not be picking on my sister c <laughs> hey palmer 1951 good to have you in the in the uh, in the uh, room again uh palmer 1951 says hello mr c and damn <laughs> I'm sure not. That's I'm sure that's not what you meant. You probably have fingers like mine, Palmer, 1951. I haven't seen you in a minute. It's good to have you back. Okay, all right. Before I get caught up in today's chat, before I get caught up in the here and now, let's do a chat recap. We had always in Texas in the house. Just V was in the house. Joy for Trump. We had the Texan gifting a can, and we also had pilled by the rabbit. And Barry, thank you much, sir. Pilled by the rabbit. He's back. Hello at Mr. C. Is this your new software? Uh, yesterday, Pilled by the Rabbit, that was not my new software, but today it is. So here you got, you see it. Uh, we're, we're busting it in for episode 100. And then, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, I like it. I, I actually do like it. Um, my only thing was it's not so patriotic, you know, uh, and, and it's all about America first here. But those those damn patriotic backgrounds are just too fast. They are just too fast. Okay, uh, let's see. Hari... Ananda says, peace and aloha to all. So as it turns out, I did pronounce Hari's name right. It is Hari like the Krishnas is what they said. I was like, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna. Okay, never mind. Okay, uh, Dolphan72 is in the house gifting a can. Thank you very much. Posse for hope. Tanette Booth, yes. Yet pride gets a whole month. I, you know, Tanette, <laughs> you are a firecracker, ma'am. Um, and it was that was a fun dis- that was a fun discussion. Uh, I don't understand it myself. Um, I mean, I don't. Anyways, I don't really subscribe to the notion of Pride Month. Uh, that's not my thing. If you know what I mean, Miss uh, Miss Tanette Booth. Uh, but you know, doesn't like Pride Week. Doesn't like Shark Week. <laughs> Tanette, tell us what you do like, ma'am. Uh, hey, looking up, how are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Yes, touchscreen strikes again, says Palmer1951. Fun stuff. The Texan gifting us a shit, man. Um, Texan, Texan, he got, he got, um, he got us off the ground yesterday. <laughs> Thank you for that. He gave us wheels. And uh, let's see here. For the sharpest dressed dude on the foxhole, appreciate it. I just like to dress up. Um, you know, I mean, I used to dress up for church too. So, 
anyways, just me with the can in the house. I love how you guys also keep me nice and hydrated and y'all give me munchies. Um, just V says with all their fractional banking, it's still criminal. Yes. So, oh, and then the Texan adds a can of Dr. Pepper in the night in the 1980s cost 50 cents. That same 12 ounce can now costs a dollar 75. Yeah. We're talking about, uh, the central reserve banks, uh, um, Texan had, uh, shouted out about, uh, we were talking about Andrew Jackson as well. And, uh, you know how he, uh, he basically, he, well, he didn't basically, he ended the second, uh, bank of America, um, and, you know, he uh, he took care of our country. He got us off of uh, this uh, fractional reserve banking, you know, fiat currency stuff, you know, was my favorite president before Donald Trump. And now I'm sorry, old hickory has to take second place there. Uh, but most definitely fractional reserve banking still criminal. I mean, if you all think about how that works or if you all know about how that works and you know that like, uh, I mean, they create they generate this money on will out of thin air. There's no type of commodity to back it up. Uh, so therefore, you know, it's basically a negative uh, currency. It's it's a debt currency. So in order for we, the American people, to pay them back, and it shouldn't even be that way, because according to our Constitution, we, the people, should be minting, coining our own money, our own currency. You know, it should be from us, not from some private organization, uh, some private company like a bank who has private shareholders and owners and whatever, you know, they're not the ones who should be doing that, uh, you know, but but whomever it was, and I always would say, uh, whoever it was that figured this out, they figured out that if they went into the business of banking for kingdoms, for countries, for what have you, that they could then control, you know, that government. And you all have heard the quote, uh, I think it was by, um, it was either by Rothschild, I think it was by Rothschild. There wasn't a Rothschild, it was a Rockefeller that said, well, it had to have been a Rothschild who said, I care not um, who is king or president of a country or, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, messing up the uh, quote, but he said, I care not who rules a country as so as long as I rule their banking or control their currency because they can sink them into debt. And I think in modern times, uh, one of the best illustrations of that, if any of you guys out there were Game of Thrones fans, uh, y'all remember whenever the kings and queens were going to the bankers to fund their wars, and so they would have to borrow from them. So that was the perfect illustration of how even the kings of the kingdoms, even the biggest ones, didn't have all of that gold and wealth themselves. They still had to go out and get money from these bankers. And, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that they were doing fractional reserve banking in the Game of Thrones because that's exactly the game that they've been playing since the times of Babylon. Uh, you know, they figured it out in the days of Jesus, and that's why he was kicking them. I mean, the only time that man got really violent, like he got really righteous on people's ass was with these bankers who were taking advantage of the people, these money changers. Same idea, basically, it's the same idea, except on a, a larger scale. And the, the main thing that helped me really wrap my head around that and figure it out was when I kind of thought about how we can't pay off a credit card with a credit card. Like, you just can't do it because uh, they lend you that money with interest attached. And then if you were to borrow more money from them to pay off that money, that becomes like 
a double negative. It, it, it's, it, it puts you more in debt. There's no way you could ever dig yourself out of that kind of a hole. And yet the Federal Reserve Central Bank of America has had all of us believing that America can do the same thing, that we can borrow money from them at interest with debt. And then the way we pay that off is by what? It's by borrowing more money to pay off the debt. And so the cycle goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think when I realized that it really helped me, man, it's raining hard over here, guys. I am hearing hail hitting my windows. Uh, I'm hearing wind too. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's always good to be up here on the third floor. I, you know, I don't always, I don't know how I always end up on the third floor. I just, I used to joke. It's because I want no one above me except God. <laughs> And that's why I always ended up on the third floor. But uh, I don't know. I hear there's what? There's two uh, There's two weather machines around here. What are those? Uh, not Was it the harp machines? I hear they have like two harp machines around the San Antonio area. I got a lot of enemies out there in the military. So who knows? Maybe they turned them on for the show tonight. They're like, Mr. C will not have 100 episodes. Um, by golly. Anyways, okay, enough about that. Hey, Just V, you are fashionably late, and you know what? There's no better way to be late than fashionable. Glad you're joining us, ma'am. Um, and always in Texas, you have not missed much. Don't worry. <laughs> we are still here, and we we still got some time to go. Sorry, I'm hearing I'm hearing noises out there. Oh boy, man! Oh, it's hey, uh, hey, my Texas friends. If you are in the south, south central area, let me know how your weather's doing because we're getting slammed right now. Okay, all right. Let's see. We're just still doing the chat recap, and I was going off on the central banks because we were having good conversation yesterday. We had Roy Stones and Bones in the house. Napkinator seventy nine with the shades, keeping me cool. Friendly Gator, how's it going? Jen K, Canadian bird gift and a cookie. Thank you, thank you. Oh, man, I feel the rain, guys. Okay, hold on. Just give me one sec. All right, I'm going to make sure I have my alerts on because I don't normally feel the rain when I'm up here on the third floor, but it's coming down pretty hard, y'all. It's coming down pretty hard. Thank you for... Uh, I'm glad you like the background, Joy for Trump. It's different, I know. It's part of the. Uh, it's part of the. Some of the improvements we're making around here at the Sea Report. Um, um, but as soon as I find something that's slow moving and more patriotic, I might go with that. Just because um, I don't want you, like I said, I don't want you guys getting motion sickness. Some of the things that I was finding, and I, it was just too fast. Tam Gural was in the house. Just V says. I actually did get, did get a reply to a previous letter to my representative about why he voted to impeach Trump. The reasons he gave me were pathetic. Same here, same here. Uh, with my representative, it was ridiculous. And, you know, it's it, it's all just uh, was that a template, cookie cutter type of stuff, talking points. They don't really have any reason why. But I mean, my representative did a, a bit worse than that. And he needs to go. Jen K Canadian Bird says, I know for sure that other content creators spoke about the 60,000. And we're talking about uh, Operation Signature Reduction here. Um, now I have to find those episodes. I'm telling you, Jen K Canadian Bird, I saw them speaking live about this topic. And I can't find those episodes anymore. So whomever it is that you were listening to that was talking to you about it, if you figure out who it was, uh, share that with us because 
that was a really that was a really important episode um that was a very important episode so we'll see how that goes blonde blue lady q gift in the can thank you so much we had looking up free energy yes we need to free the energy you know i know what you mean that uh, free energy i think here we're is when we were talking about i was going off on tesla uh, and you know, stuff like that. But then looking up also says healing beds. Yes. We're talking about the med beds there. No doubt. Um, now, you know, I've heard about the med beds. I, I don't know a, a whole lot about that topic. I never got too extensively into it. Um, the closest thing I could think of, uh, would be like the sarcophagi in the Stargate SG one series and the Stargate series. I know big time nerd, right? But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I know, we know, I think we know, like uh, President Trump used to say uh, at the head of his office, uh, things like, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have the cure for AIDS, cancer, diabetes, and stuff like that. Like, I believe, I'm sure you all believe it as well. That stuff already exists. It's already out there because after all, there's no money in cures you know, and that's one of the driving reasons why we have what we have um, in, in this, uh, what I like to call the medical industrial complex, you know, and uh, and also to where they take advantage of people if they have like good insurance and stuff like that. They're like, oh, she's got some money on her insurance. We can go ahead and do X, Y, and Z to her. Um, so that, and that's a big shame. And then couple that on top of the fact that uh, along with, you know, uh, a lot of the people out there, uh, we have a lot of like uh, apathetic, cynical people. And uh, I think it's the worst thing when that type of persona uh, infects like, you know, a medical industry, because you really can't have that kind of individual in the medical field. Like what they, uh, 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 an apathetic and a cynical human being cannot be a good doctor. I'm not saying they can't make a turnaround or they can't see the light or they can't have some empathy. But if you have a general disdain for life, what on earth are you doing trying to save life other than maybe turn a paycheck? Um, and so I just I don't see any need for it. But then, of course, uh, with the medical industrial complex and the way it works, like it, it, it kind of attracts those individuals because they will get the high pay. And at the end of the day, you don't have to want to save a life to you know, turn a paycheck, you just have to love money or want security or covet, you know, and then in that way, you can go ahead and pursue that field and just not care about your patients. And uh, I don't know how we're getting off into this tangent. We're talking about the, the med beds and the healing. You know, I even heard because people have figured out, you know, a lot of things about life and, uh, you know, based on our genes, our cellular level, the DNA, all that stuff uh, that, you um, uh, things like aging will eventually be considered a disease. And I don't think that that means that we'll necessarily stop aging and stop dying from aging. But I definitely do think that means that our life would be uh, prolonged or we'd have the ability to prolong our living. Uh, so that, that to me, I do see as reality. I do see, I do see things like, and I'm not talking about a governor Ducey. I'm saying I see things uh, like an end to cancer, an end to diabetes, an end to HIV and or AIDS. You know, I see that being very well within our reach. President Trump used to say within 10 years, he'd have it done. Uh, he made it four years. 
we're in year five and he's not out yet much to the dismay of uh, a lot of people out there uh even some of those listening uh who I mean, they just, I mean, I think they just hate on the man for hating on the man. But, you know, I know I can say even my enemies, and I don't have a whole lot of them, at least that I know of. Uh, but for the ones that I do know who don't like me, I just, you know, I don't, I'd, I've never, I would never wish anything truly terrible or evil or even inconvenient upon people. Uh, just because I live by the rule that I would uh, rather, uh, I would always rather follow the golden rule. And we know that sounds corny, y'all, but uh, it's golden for a reason, you know. And uh, if you treat others the way that you want to be treated, well, then I think everyone would be treated quite nicely, if you ask me. But I don't know. That's coming from my world, not yours. So take it for what it's worth. We're talking about the Tesla batteries keep children in slavery and they end up sick. Oh, just me. You see, now I'm going to have to go and research this. <laughs> okay, so we had, uh, we're talking about the Tesla batteries here. Uh, now, of course, um, I'm assuming maybe you're talking about the ones that they have hanging on the walls, like the, the modern ones. I know I'm just thinking of like, uh, you know, he was that, that's that zero point energy, free energy. I don't know the stuff that like they, he did experiments with it. I know I've seen models of it on like the, um, models of it on like the, uh, uh, what was it that, uh, that, um, consumer electronics show that I was talking about it. So I don't know. That was like, that was pretty much, that was pretty cool. Well, Mauricio, I mean, Trump didn't cause COVID. China did. Um, and also um, thousands of people have died from the vaccine slash mRNA uh, gene therapy sessions. Um, I don't know how you could blame Trump personally, because after all, you know, Fauci said it was OK to keep traveling. At first, he said no masks. And then, you know, Biden kept wanting to open it. And he said that Trump was a xenophobe for closing off the doors to China. So do you, Mauricio Zero over there on Twitch, do you think that Trump should have kept uh, travel to China open in those first few months? Because if he had done that, don't you think that things would have gotten worse? Anyways, um, you know, this is a worldwide disease. Uh, it doesn't just happen here in America. So I just don't understand how you could blame one man on what an entire country has done. Now, if anything, maybe if you want to blame Trump for not stopping them from funding the Wuhan lab through the NIH, through Eco Health Systems, you could. But it was actually Barack Obama who approved that funding for them in like 2014. And that was after a moratorium. Actually, in 14, they did the moratorium. In 16, I think they, they, uh, they approved it right before Trump got into office. So if you really want to blame someone who used to be a president, a former president, I would blame Barack Obama because, again, there was a moratorium on funding for gain of function through NIH and Ecolab systems into Wuhan. But, um, you know, Obama had that approved. Now, you're saying Trump played down everything, but if you read the right papers, and indeed, if you really follow the C-Report because you want to hear what I have to say, and you know, you're know you not just here to take notes to troll me at some point in the future, then you would know that hydroxychloroquine actually does work. It's been proven to work in more instances with more people and more doctors and more peer-reviewed articles finally coming to light that we knew about here at the C-Report since last March. 
Now you're saying Trump played it down. What about CNN? What about the New York uh, New York Times? What about the Washington Post? What about MSNBC? What about those guys who said it did not work? They lied and they were basing it on a Lancet report, which was wrought, written by a fraud scientist, Mr. Mauricio Zero. So, I mean, if you want to say Trump played it down and you're blaming him for playing it down, why don't you go after those factions who actually said an, uh, a, a medicine that would work would actually heal people and they said it didn't work they they threw this whole campaign of fear against hydroxychloroquine and i'm not going to let you get away with that maurice because they are the ones so i would say fine if you want to blame trump go ahead and blame him but you need to make sure you're you putting equal blame on everyone for what happened in this and then give me some good examples of how trump played it down don't just give me a talking point and then maybe we can have a further conversation but thank you for bringing up my views over in the twitch i do appreciate it okay so let's get back to yesterday Today's chat recap. Okay, so uh, let's see here. <laughs> okay, so we started. Okay, so still on the still on the topic of the um, of the, uh, the the Tesla batteries. Okay, so Tesla uh, from Tesla, we jump over to Elon Musk, right? <laughs> so Tanet Booth says Elon is a joke. Okay, guys. I should have found this video for you all. There's this super hilarious meme. And it, the meme, it's God, I, I wish I should. Maybe I'll find it and I'll play it on a Mr. C in the Dark episode. But uh, Elon is like strutting out of his like garage and he's like walking real foppish, like real foppish to his car. And he's like in this like white, like, I don't know, summer suit and, and like he and chinos. And it's tear. I mean, he look OK, guys, I, I'm, I can say this. He looked like a big old fag, right? <laughs> have like this gay music playing in the background and it said uh, the meme said elon looking like on his way to pride month and i was like oh my god <laughs> it was hilarious anyways okay so um yes elon is a joke do you guys know his uh his girlfriend uh, i guess it's his girlfriend she's uh she's a musician her name is Gr well the name of her outfit her 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 band her group whatever herself is grimes i actually liked grimes uh before i knew i didn't i had no idea that that was his girlfriend and someone was like you know that's elon musk's girlfriend i was like really i was like that's weird because she's kind of weird she's kind of weird it has some good some good dance music uh if you're into that kind of thing electronic you know but i don't i mean i lost touch with her a few years ago um but that that just it makes me think because i mean those two being together she's she's really 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 weird um but she's also very talented but i don't know she also looks like she also looks like an sjw like a morlock from the sewer with tattoos and colored hair and you know she does weird things she you know she has her own style i'm not judging i'm just saying that, that that to me is an odd couple. Um, and then of course, Tanette hit it with that. His last name is Musk. So he's probably smells bad. <laughs> All right. And then looking up informed us how Bill Gates wants us to drink water made out of poop. We're not going to do it. Um, I mean, maybe people who think it'll save them from COVID, they can do that, but I'm not going to do that. Just V says, I'll have to remember that one Tanette Booth. Yes, it was pretty good. And then Tanette Booth says, uh, don't make me laugh. I have stitches. <laughs> What's going on, Mr. Net Booth? 
What's going on? Hope you're doing well. Prayers to you. Fast healings. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q with the can gift. Thank you so much. Just V, the guy that slapped Macron like a little girl should have at least gotten a good punch in for four months in prison. And then Blonde Blue Lady Q says, in his defense, that's the way French, <laughs> the French punch people. <laughs> that is some good stuff there guys looking up says i think someone said two hundred thousand are missing i think we're talking about the ballots that there um, i'm not sure tanette booth gifting us a cookie thank you for the snacks the speak uneasy was in the house okay so uh speak uneasy says mr c good evening i got i just got finished with my test dj stream speak uneasy Dang, I'm sorry I missed that. I wish I could have caught it. Uh, I'm sure you'll do it again if the chat serves well, but let us know. I, that would be really cool to check out. I like I like to hear what people jam out to, you know. And from the sound of y'all's conversation in yesterday's chat, it sounds like it was pretty good, a pretty good jam session. Chatternuts was in the house. Hey, Chatternuts, gifting that cookie. WC Cranop, gifting that can. Um, and, and thanking you so much for that, Mr. Cranop. Uh, Chatternuts uh, and Babs start going at it. Uh, Ice Queen and dang, those mangoes look so yummy. I wish you can bring me a mango. Mangoes are delicious, y'all. I really like mangoes. I like also like uh, like um, pico de gallo with mango in it. Not all the time, but uh, we got into this discussion on one of our food nights over at the Mr. C in the Dark. And <laughs> we were talking about that sweet versus savory and that sweet versus heat. Oh man, those are some great combinations. Was it you, Babs? I think Babs was the one that told me about uh, pineapple pepperoni pizza. Or was it you, um, always in Texas? One of you guys told me about it. Or was it you, Just V? Jesus Christ, I need to remember these things. Anyways, I'm still going to try that. Um, always in Texas, I finally got to see pictures of my grandson. Oh, yes. He is indistinguishable from his own daddy at the same age. Wow. That's so cool. So happy for you, ma'am. So happy. Congrats again. Chatter, oh, Chatter Nuts and Nick Walls and Babs. You guys were, uh, y'all guys were going at it. <laughs> In yesterday's show, I was uh, I was enjoying that conversation <laughs> some bit, but uh, Babs brought up some music that I like: Depeche Mode, Tones on Tales, Cure, Bauhaus, Speak Easy. The Cure is his number one in that genre. The Smiths too. Uh, very happy I got to see uh, Morsey, uh, uh, formerly of the Smiths, uh, um, uh, Robert Smith before he perished. Uh, he hasn't. He's not dead yet, but the running joke used to be that uh, he would die. Uh, before I go, well, it was a running personal joke. He was going to die before, and it's not even a funny joke. God, talk about cynical. I was, he was going to die before I got to see him because he was getting so overweight on tea and crumpets. And I was like, no, Robert Smith, stop eating the tea and crumpets or else I'm never going to get to see you. Anyways, I finally got to see him. Uh, I got to see Bauhaus. I got to see Bauhaus a couple of times. Um, and I also got to see uh, David J. And uh, was it uh, David J. And uh, Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins. Those are the three members of Bauhaus that went on to do Tones and Tales. I got to see Depeche Mode. Yeah, we have some good taste in music there. Loyal to the Foil was in the house. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And she gave us a cookie. Thank you, Miss Loyal. I almost forgot to mention this one. Babs said, and Bab, Babs gets more cool points. It's a shame she's not here, right? She's going to be like, why are y'all talking about me so much? Do you think that her ears are ringing somewhere i wonder right uh but um babs gets more cool points because she got to go see a concert at the whiskey a go go uh, apparently it was a punk concert in hollywood when she was seven years old it sounds like you had some cool parents unless you were that rebel child you're like i'm seven years old and i'm going to a concert mama i'll see you later 
That's cool, Babs. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q with another can, Viper 17 in the house. And then we have what? Uh, just to be saying again, look at the size. See, Just V was giving, she was our good anchor yesterday. Because I think at this point, maybe there had uh, been a food fight that broke out. <laughs> we had the Chatter Nuts and we had Babs and Nick. Uh, going at each other in a loving way and then we had a food fight apparently <laughs> and i'm the i'm the uh i'm the uh what do you call it i'm the um the the vague absent-minded instructor that's not even like paying attention to what everyone's doing right that's so funny but babs i mean uh just to be kept this anchored down uh she says look at the size of the virus we never we never needed masks like wrapping yourself in chain links to stop mosquitoes that's why i was so mad at the doctor yes indeed and then and um, let's see here, just to be also throwing in, um, telling how they uh, added the spike proteins to make it more sticky. Yes. So all of that going on, of course, that's why when people come at, people can't come at us and argue about COVID and leadership anymore when they don't do their own research, when they don't even read the newspapers. I mean, they, I mean, I don't know where they probably just look at their Facebook, Twitter, and uh, I don't know. Instagram feeds and whatever hot SJW or bleeding heart liberal or, you know, celebrity or I don't know, rank and file treasonous politician tells them on their feed. That's what they repeat in my chat rooms. And you can't you you can't win. I mean, you just can't win. We we here myself, my audience included, are all very engaged in this information. And we listen and we read and we watch and we remember. That's the most important thing. Uh, because sometimes the memory that's where uh, that's where it can get to you. Um, let's see here. And let's see, look at the size of the, oh, wait, wait, we already said that one. The speak uneasy, Mr. C, aren't you still young? <laughs> well, you know, that's, I'm not as young as I was in February, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, always in Texas. Oh, my Bob, my doggy was whining at his bowl. The food was on the wrong side of the bowl and he wanted me to turn it around. Now, the only reason why, aside from that being a cute comment, because uh, it reminded me of, um, <laughs> It reminded me of an animal. Um, uh, <laughs> should I tell this story? Because she's listening. My sister used to have a cat. He was a big old fat black cat. And uh, this cat was so spoiled. And I'm not saying your dog is spoiled always in Texas. But this cat was so spoiled that when it came time to eat, he had to be laying face up, belly up in her arms. And not only did she have to put the food in his mouth, <laughs> he, would, he would sit there with his mouth hanging open until she moved his jaw for him. <laughs> what kind of cat? Okay, who lets their animal get that spoiled i don't know but anyways yeah <laughs> i used to get a kick out of that anyways okay uh disco ball chaser mr she should she should mr she should buy she sure mr c should go back and tell screw tube i told you oh yeah uh because uh what was it that report that we played at the end i did on um uh, uh, uh yesterday uh as it would happen on the nih Funding eco health labs and sending that to Wuhan to do gain of function uh, like a research. We reported it on the C report in February. That one is not on YouTube anymore, but it is on my Rumble. 
um, if I'm not mistaken. So if anyone wants, well, you don't, we, we played it yesterday, so you don't have to watch it. Anyways, uh, they planned the damned outbreak to steal the election. They can't convince me otherwise. Very true, but just V. Uh, Viper1700, thank you very much. Uh, Viper threw my cash app in the, um, in the chat room, but I needed to make a correction. Because uh, actually, that's not my <laughs> that's not my handle for my cash app anymore. Uh, those were from days of your um, Mister or Mrs. Uh, Viper seventeen hundred. Anyway, so that is my new cash app. The other one was no, we don't use the other one anymore. So, anyways, it's in the link over at the uh, the other thing there at the foxhole. So don't. But I just thought I'd throw that on the screen because I, I saw that and like I was like, oh. I was like, no, that needs to be fixed. Classical chick was lurking. It was very nice to have you in the house. Love you too, classical chick and gifted a cookie. Wowzers, guys. Okay, so we finally got through yesterday's chat recap. Do you guys know how much recap? I, I mean, I kind of skipped through some of the food fight. <laughs> and there was also some very, there was also some very, um, what do you call it? Uh, intense musical preference opinions as well um i just you know i resonate with uh the retro um i i've never been a top 40s kind of person uh so like you know th that old stuff from europe uh and also you know there's some american things but my my biggest one was always Susie and the banshees um that was always my biggest uh, still to this day probably my favorite artist and group um, to come out of that era and come out of that time. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we, uh, we, well, that was a pretty good chat recap, I'd say. I hope everything is coming through well on y'all side. Hey, speak uneasy. How's it going, sir? We just finished talking about you. <laughs> you come late to the show. I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, so I was telling him, I was telling him it was, I thought it was really cool that you had um, a, a DJ set. So make sure you let us know when you're doing it again so I can go check it out for sure. I mean, I'm going to catch the replay, no doubt. Uh, but I, I always like scoping out what people are into by way of aural tunes you know, and uh, stuff like that. Good chat yesterday, guys. That was 41 pages worth of chat. 41 pages worth of chat. So it took me a minute to kind of parse through that and uh, figure out what I was going to share with you guys. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into today's C report. Now, if you guys are just tuning in, you didn't miss a whole lot. We were just doing the chat recap and now we're getting into today's show. I got to spend some time with you guys. I mean, obviously, right? Okay, so uh, we had a few statements from President Trump today. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say from today. Actually, these were from the day before and the day before. Now you know it was a, it was a it was a holiday for some. So I'm pretty sure that uh, the people who work on his website took the day off, and so they didn't update it, and so we don't have any updates for today. <laughs> on there but you know we still dig around we still look for some things we still have some trump to talk you know even for the haters out there um i know it pisses them off so now we have uh trump saying the democrats are swarming the great state of arizona trying to get the forensic election audit stopped because only they know exactly what they've done and they understand voter fraud far better than anyone. This could be voter fraud at the highest level. Don't think that Arizona is the only state. Much more to come. So yes, indeed, we know there's a lot that's coming. And uh, as we'll see when we're visiting through the rest of our stories for today, there indeed is a lot that's more to come. 
And yeah, anyways, okay. So we're, we're doing our report now, Maurice. So you can go ahead and step out because I'm not reading comments anymore. All right, okay. So the next thing that we have here is, uh, oh wait, do I actually have an image for this? I do, I do, I do. All right, let's go ahead and get this on the big screen here for you guys so you can see it and believe it. All right, so let's see here. Statement from President Trump, and this one is from June 14th. Let's see what he's talking about here. Hey. Okay. It says, why is state Senator Jake Corman of Pennsylvania fighting so hard that there, is, there not be a forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam? Corman is fighting as though he were a radical left Democrat, saying that a forensic audit of Pennsylvania not take place. Why is Senator David Argyle playing the same game? Are they stupid, corrupt, or naive? What is going on? Other state senators want this forensic audit to take place immediately. I feel certain that if Corman continues along this path of resistance with its lack of transparency, he will be prime, uh, primaried and lose by big numbers. What we went on in what went on in Philadelphia and other areas of the state must be properly and legally exposed. If it is not just like with open borders, we won't have a country anymore. And uh, yep, that's very true. Of course, we'll probably have people out there saying that there's no evidence of fraud either. <laughs> and all they are doing is looking at their uh, their feeds from Europe and America. Yeah. Anyways, it's, that's the same, same thing as getting your news, right? Same thing as getting your news. All right, guys. Okay. So why do we have President Trump on the screen? You might want to know. All right, because you guys already know. Oh, let me go ahead and there we go. You guys already know. Y'all know very, very well that uh, they are looking for any method that they can to go after President 45, even though he's no longer in office, supposedly, you know, even though he's uh, he's supposedly no longer a threat. Right. One would have to wonder after everything that they did to him, after everything that they attempted to do to him, why on earth he would still uh, be seeing such, um, uh, I would say, persecution from these individuals. Why are they still picking on him? Why are they bullying on this man? Why don't they just leave him alone? I mean, clearly he's a thorn. In, sorry, my tie's crooked. Uh, clearly he's a thorn in their side. And even though they've censored him, even though they've sent him packing, they thought um, we're seeing that that. Well, we knew that that wasn't the case. We knew it wasn't happening. So what's going on? <laughs> Excuse me. What's going on most recently with him? Well, we have, um, we have, of course, uh, the uh, attorney uh, generals, the DAs, as uh, district attorneys, apologize. Oh, well, it is, it is the AG. It is the AG and a DA over New York. Of course, they're trying to get him on tax stuff, which, I mean... It's so funny that they're trying to get him on this tax information where he uh, found easy ways to pay taxes. He found loopholes. Uh, he found coupons. You know, it may as well be that, right? And at the same time, we have parallel stories running in uh, the newspapers about how some of these um, some of these uh, politicians and CEOs did the same thing and got away with it. So again, you know, maybe they're running these juxtapositions parallel for a reason, and that is so that this way they can prove him to be innocent of doing, or no, no, they can prove him to be guilty of doing the same exact things that the people that they're allowing do 
but then they want to hold him to a different standard. Okay, so then now what also we have coming up a lot with President Trump is this whole thing about uh, reporters and politicians crying. They're crying. Adam Schiff was like, but he he tried to subpoena my information. He, he, he tried to spy on me. Really, Adam Schiff? You don't have a leg to stand on, bulgy eyes, Adam Schiff. I haven't come up with a nifty, 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 I would say a nifty, nifty name for Adam Shifty Schiff. Uh, you know, like, you know, I like, I like my, uh, I like my nicknames here at the Sea Report. You know, we got Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. We got Nipple Rings Cuomo. We got Hoods Pelosi. You know, we got uh, Waddles Nadler. You know, so I like, I like my, I like my, uh, my, we got uh, Illegitimate Joe or Pedo Joe, whatever you want to call him. Um, but, uh, uh, I haven't come up, I haven't come up with one for Adam Schiff yet. I was thinking of calling him little Adam for some reason, because only someone who thinks they're that important, uh, acts so big, but they're really just nothing, but I'm not sure. I don't know that. I don't think that one will stick. I'll, I'll have to consult my, uh, I'll have to consult my advisor on that one. But anyways, so we have these reporters, like we had the New York Times, we had some CNN peeps talking about how the administration had uh, 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 taken their data and information and, and you know, that uh, basically that was an attack on free speech and that was an attack on reporters and they're trying to get this story to, to stick. But of course, President Trump, that's good old Teflon Don. We know the story is not going to stick, right? And then, like I said, we had people like Adam Schiff complaining. And then we had people like Hoods Pelosi going after, uh, you know, the B-2 bomber, big old Beluga Whale Bill, uh, Bill, Billiam Barr. I call him Beluga Whale Billiam Barr. I'm not a Barr fan. Now, there's a lot of people. Now, Barr can go 50-50 for a lot of people. Um, um, because one, we saw him as the B-2 bomber, the stealth bomber, he who brought justice to the Trump administration. And then we saw nothing happen, right? Okay. And then, uh, you know, uh, he just, he was gone one day and, um, he, uh, there was even a, a paper that looked like he'd been arrested, like a, a, a photo or something like that. But what I had learned about William Barr, um, aside from the fact that uh, he laid down the, the, the pathway, a legal pathway for Daddy Bush to invade Panama and to arrest their president, which a country can't do that. That's basically an act of war, you know, but because of William Barr, uh, America was able to become that much more of, um, of a, uh, what do you call it, an empire you know, and, and to do those things. Sorry, I'm distracting myself. Um, and so uh, that was one thing, of course. But the other things that I had heard about William Barr is that um, towards the end of the first four years of President Trump, uh, when we have Joe Biden, who they've already selected to be the establishment winner, so they start getting everyone and everything in preparedness for that, well, we have him fast-tracking all of um, George, uh, George Biden, all of Joe Biden's executive orders. So one wonders, how is it that on day one of his presidency, day two, day three, whatever, Joe Biden was able to phantom sign like 40 executive orders. Well, it's because William Barr is the one who fast tracked all of those while President Trump was still in office. And to that point, 
he also bottlenecked and slowed down. He slowed the roll of all of the things that President Trump was trying to do before he left office. So that is uh, that's just a fun little fact that I kind of fall back on whenever I think about, oh, was William Barr indeed who he said he was? But now, nevertheless, we still have Nancy Pelosi, Hoods Pelosi, uh, seeking to in, uh, subpoena him saying that he should uh, come before Congress and testify him and Jeff Sessions uh, because uh, they, they want to know what they knew. And, and, you know, I saw an interview that she was doing on CNN. We're not going to play it. And she was basically, I mean, you can tell that that's them trying to figure out what they need to know in order to mount some kind of offensive, you know, like they, they're trying to figure out the data. So they get on the TV screen, they make it sound like something bigger than it is. You know, they make it sound like he did something really criminal. So that this way, the opinion of the people will support any actions that they make. And now that is predictive programming. That is preemptive programming. You know, that's why they would leak things. So this way they could, you know, get ahead of the story. They could get an opinion formed in the general public so that there's a consensus for them whenever they decide to strike, whenever they decide to like lay down the hammer, you know, and then that way, at least they know whatever they do, even if people like us who are awake or those who they are attacking know what they're doing, because everyone has already formed a consensus. It's hard to work against that herd mentality. And that's basically what you see happening. So they're trying to get a hold of Sessions and Bill Barr to try and figure out what they knew. So this way they know what kind of defense they need to mount. So with that in mind, uh, we had a report that was released from the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Um, it says new documents show Trump repeatedly pressed the DOJ to overturn election results before inciting the Capitol attacks. So here we go. Now they're going to go from they stole information from uh, journalists and they attacked the First Amendment, which they blindly do every single day. Maybe not so blindly. Maybe they know exactly what they're doing, but they do it right. Um, and, and now we're going to go from, oh, his taxes. You see, he's Teflon Don. Nothing is sticking. Nothing is sticking. So now they're onto this. Now they're onto this. Now, now he was pushing the DOJ during the insurrection, during the January 6th false flag riots, right? Um, to overturn the elections. So now they're going to say, instead of caring about what was happening with the riots, and now that we have footage of Antifa breaking in, now that we have footage of Antifa breaking in and saying, yo, I'm Antifa. Like they, okay. Oh my goodness. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, yes, Palmer 1951. It's another wrap up smear campaign. I, I have, okay. So I was actually, um, I was, I was having lunch and I was hanging out over an Amy Joe God loves you chat today. And uh, she was doing a show. It was really good. And uh, she had played a video and I'll probably play it at some point. I'm not going to, I didn't have enough time to put it into the show today, but um, it showed uh, this dude talking about, uh, you know, being Antifa and, and, and basically, uh, crapping on the people that were like, and for all those idiots out there who say, Oh, Antifa broke in and it wasn't Trump supporters. It was Antifa. He's like, it was us and we're proud of it. And I was like, dang, of course, this guy was super hopped up on methamphetamines. You could tell by the way he was talking at first. I thought he was French. Or I thought he was like European or something. But uh, once I realized what kind of slur he was using, I know that slur. He was most definitely high on something, cocaine, meth, 
uh, I, I mean, something was was making him talk funny. Uh, so I was like, dang, I was like, and I believe they all were like, do you, do you think if you were there in Washington DC on the sixth, I was there, I was freezing my butt off and I was basically wearing a coat like this and that's it. And a scarf. And, uh, I remember by about mid noon, I was having pain in the balls of my joints. Like I'd never felt before. Cause I was shaking and trembling so much cause I'm a dummy and I didn't take a big jacket. <laughs> Anyways, so when I walked by, when I walked by the QAnon shaman and I saw him in his bare chested glory, I was like, this dude's got to be high on something. There's no way he ain't, you know, there's no way either that or he had a lot of whiskey to keep himself warm, but there's no way this man is not on something and he's out here standing tall and proud and naked you know, anyways, that's besides the point. And then even when you see the photos of uh, of, of that Jaden X idiot, like even in his mugshot, that dude looked wired out of his brain. You know, they were all on drugs doing that crap. Anyways, so yeah, they're, okay, so let me get back to the article uh, because apparently, apparently instead of caring about what Antifa was doing to the, uh, and the BLM were doing to the Capitol, on January 6th, he was trying to get the election overturned. So let's see what they had to say. It said, ahead of a hearing on Insurrection Oversight Committee releases new evidence, new evidence, and seeks transcribed interviews with key officials. It says, today, uh, Representative Carolyn B. Maloney of Maloney and Maloney, the chairwoman of the Committee on Oversight and Reform, released new documents showing President Trump's efforts to pressure the Department of Justice to overturn the lawful results of the 2020 presidential election. Now, keep in mind, this article comes from uh, this uh, Committee on Oversight uh, and Reform. So it is going to have language to the effect that everything that happened on January 20th was kosher. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, on January 6th was kosher. Um, of course, we know it was not that way. Uh, it says at 2 p.m., the committee will hold its second hearing, etc. It says these documents show that President Trump tried to corrupt our nation's chief law enforcement agency in a brazen attempt to overturn an election that he lost, Chairwoman Maloney said. Those who aided or witnessed President Trump's unlawful actions must answer the committee's questions about this attempted subversion of democracy. My committee is committed to ensuring that the events leading to the violent January 6th insurrection are fully investigated. And then it goes on. It has more. Um, it has more. Uh, what do you call it? More examples of what they're talking about. It says uh, President Trump sent bogus election fraud claims to top DOJ officials minutes before announcing their promotions to the top two spots in the department. So I guess they're trying to say that he was doing something unethical, that maybe he was doing a little quid pro quo. But um, I mean, they would have to have had agreed to what he said, I guess, in order for that to have worked, don't you think? And if they didn't, and if he did, I mean, uh, what? How, how can you pin that on him? It doesn't make any sense. It says on December 14th, 2020, the day electors in each state certified the electoral college votes, uh, President Trump's White House assistant sent an email with the subject from POTUS to then Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen. The email attached materials about alleged voter fraud in Antrim County, Michigan, including talking points that asserted a cover-up is happening regarding the voting machines in Michigan and Michigan cannot certify for Biden. Now, 
It's funny that this House committee and what who who is this this uh, Maloney character, right? Like, have they not been paying attention to any of the newspapers? Like, do they only read their Twitter and their Facebook headlines? Because everybody knows Antrim County has been burst wide open. Like they have all, all the proof there. They have everything. We were, we covered it on the C report already. Like, so clearly this woman needs to watch the C report because then she would know that what she's saying makes absolutely no sense. And if it don't make sense, she must acquit. Okay. So let's see here. It says uh, just two minutes after president Trump's assistant sent these documents to Mr. Rosen, then principal associate deputy attorney general, Richard Donahue through his assistant sent the same documents to the U S attorneys for the Eastern and Western districts of Michigan. Approximately 40 minutes after sending this phony voter fraud information, President Trump tweeted that Attorney General Barr, who had said publicly that he had not seen widespread election fraud, would be stepping down, that Mr. Rosen would serve as acting attorney general, and that Mr. Donahue would serve as acting deputy attorney general. See, did we forget that about Mr. Barr? I mean... I remember that uh, I was in this space of thinking like he needs to keep himself separated from the actions of Trump and maybe even the umbrella of Trump to look independent. And I think that that was a game that they played on both sides. But again, he bottlenecked Trump's uh, like paperwork, rules, legislation, all that stuff. And he fast tracked everything for Biden uh, uh, while that was happening. So it says President Trump used official White House channels and a private attorney to pressure DOJ to urgently file a Supreme Court lawsuit to nullify the election. On December 29, 2020, President Trump's White House assistant emailed Mr. Rosen, Mr. Donahue, and Acting Solicitor General Jeffrey Wall, attaching a draft legal brief to file in the Supreme Court. She wrote, the president asked me, asked me to send the attached draft document for your review and provide a phone number so they could contact the president directly. The draft was 54 pages and a complaint demanded that the Supreme Court declare the Electoral College votes cast in six states that President Trump lost cannot be counted and requested that the court order a special election for president in the, for president in those states. On the very same day, a private attorney, Kurt Olson, contacted multiple senior DOJ officials on President Trump's behalf to urge them to file this complaint. In one email, Mr. Rosen's chief of staff wrote, as I said to our, uh, said on our call, the president of the United States has seen this complaint and he directed me last night to brief A.G. Rosen in person today and discuss bringing this action. I've been instructed to report back to the president this afternoon after this meeting in a separate email to acting Solicitor General Mr. Olson, he added, this is an urgent matter. Okay, so they're trying to pin them all on this stuff because, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, clearly this, I mean, we know, I don't know, like we know the score. You guys know the score. President Trump knew the score. Uh, all of the evidence is out there, you know, and there's no telling what else will finally be reported on once they're finished over in Maricopa County in Phoenix, because guess what? That's a huge part of this too. And as soon as as soon as Phoenix wraps, I dare say we're going to see action in Michigan and Georgia at least. I think those two would probably come up next, if not Pennsylvania soon thereafter, and then Wisconsin. 
Um, but I don't know. Uh, those were the top five most contentious. We need all 50 states to be audited, not just those five. Of course, we already see, aside from those five, uh, eight other states that are in play. Uh, at least they've shown interest. They've invested. Whoops, sorry, guys. They've invested in going down to Arizona to check that out. So uh, we'll see. We will see about that. We will see. We'll most definitely see. All right. Let's see what else we got here from these fuddy duddies. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I mean, it just goes on. Uh, there's more things here. Um, it says uh, President Trump enlisted assistant AG Jeffrey Clark in an attempt to advance election fraud claims. So they're all going against this. I don't know how this is supposed to hold water. Like it does not even talk about in here, um, you know, what uh, this would have done, you know, like what the intent, like what is this supposed to prove? that uh, uh, he he was getting in contact with people and trying to tell them to stop. Like, okay, so he pressed the DOJ to overturn the election results. So what does that have to do with anything? I mean, and, and what, is, what does it matter that it was before the riots? Because we all know he didn't incite it. I mean, people are already seeing that. I mean, the, even the timelines that are coming out don't add up because all of those riots, like I said, I didn't see those riots. By the time I got there, it was like, okay, you know, there's some smoke bombs like every once an hour, but generally speaking, I, the riot had already happened. Apparently, apparently it happened during Trump's speech. And yet they say it was Trump's speech itself at the end um, that set everyone off into this frenzy. And it makes no sense. You know, it makes absolutely no sense. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous as the day is long, ladies and gentlemen. But the truth will out as it always does. And that's something that we don't have to worry about. Um, uh, we just need to keep on, uh, you know, praying and also keeping the faith and also, um, you know, fighting where we can, uh, at least to the extent of, uh, you know, standing up against those who are obviously false and, uh, you know, that are a little bit more smarter than bots. That's how you know they're not bots because, like, they mess up on their grammar and, you know, they spell things wrong and stuff like that. Because bots are actually pretty, bots are actually pretty sophisticated these days. They can, they can answer you back in a full paragraph, but uh, you can tell which ones are the idiots. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and we'll wrap there on President Trump for now. So long, Mr. President Trump. What do we got now? Ah, let's take a trip down to sunny Arizona. Arizona, the main hub of the golden uh, the golden standard for election audits. And really, who wouldn't want an election audit? Like, if anything, it proves how secure our system was in 2020. Right, Democrats? That's why they should want it. Democrats and liberals and progressives, Marxists and communists, they should be like, yes, we should audit so we can prove to those Republicans exactly how secure and safe this election was in 2020. But of course, that's not what they're saying. That is far from what they're saying. They, they are he-being in their G-being. I'm telling you, I don't know why. Of course, I know why, actually. We all know why. But, uh, okay, so as far as Arizona goes, okay, so they finished the ballot counting, right? Ballot counting's done. Now they're on to, um, they're on to finishing the forensics aspect of the audit and, and uh, turning in that report. It better be a full report. I expect it to be an A-plus report, and I expect it on my desk by next Friday. No, just kidding. I'm sure it's going to probably take at least another two weeks before they get that report out, unfortunately. But 
On the other hand, we do have Arizona state lawmakers who say that they are prepared to act if they find election fraud occurred at the end of this forensic audit. And I'm sure that they've already found some things, but they just can't say anything. And that's why I'm thinking, like, why couldn't they be, you know, um, preparing uh, what's to come before while they're, you know, they're getting to the end? Because obviously they found the deleted data. There's no telling what there was in there, but I guess we'll find out what was in there. Obviously, they found ballots of boxes that did not have as many ballots as they said were in each box. Obviously, they found paper that was not the correct kind of ballot paper. Obviously, they found misprinted paper where the ballots, you know, didn't have the same alignments as they did on every ballot and therefore probably disqualifying certain ballots. Obviously. But I guess it always boils down to intent, right? Did the people who stole the 2020 election intend to steal the 2020 election? <laughs> That's a ridiculous question, isn't it? Okay, so uh, so in this article here, I think I got it from the Epoch Times. Uh, it's talking about how lawmakers are prepared to act. Now, here's here's a figurehead that's been coming up a lot lately. He's quickly becoming one of my favorites over in Arizona. And that's Senator Wendy Rogers. She says that it is our duty to act in whatever way is appropriate. Um, she says, uh, she's so basically, you know, and, and she, uh, Wendy Rogers is the one that told AG Garland, Merrick Garland, you know, the current, uh, uh, head of the department of injustice here in America under Biden. She told him, if you come down to Arizona and if you touch our ballots, you're going to be spending time in an Arizona prison. That's my kind of senator. You know what I mean? Like, that's my kind of representative right there. Standing up for states' rights and for the constituency and for what is constitutional. Um, now, so what's going on here in Florida? We also had Karen Fan. Karen Fan, who's the one, obviously, she authorized this audit. Um, and, and she did say that she thought some irregularities would be uncovered. She said, I hope we don't find anything serious. I think we'll find irregularities that is going to say, you know what, there's this many dead people who voted, or maybe this many people who haven't voted that don't live here anymore. We're going to find those. So she was already certain that those are things that they were going to find. And we forget about the dead voters, or do we, right? Uh, a dude by the name of Alexander Culloden said, I think even Maricopa County would probably admit that the question is, but the question is, to what degree did it go wrong? Okay, that's the question one. But even that doesn't tell you so much. It went wrong and someone caused it to go wrong. The next question is, does the audit tell you who caused it to go wrong? If the audit illuminates that there's vulnerabilities in X, Y, and Z of our election system, state legislatures can target those with a laser beam and fix X, Y, and Z parts for our election system. So, you know, this is all again about election integrity. I mean, we know the score on our side of the screen and we know what we're hoping for. But when you get down to it, it, it does have to do with the election integrity because we don't want this happening on any side of any party line moving forward. And uh, that's just why this is the golden rule, the golden standard of, of um, election audit. So that's very exciting. Uh, let's see here. Now, uh, to hop on the back of what was going on with um, uh, Senator Wendy Rogers, because we all know, you know, uh, uh, 
Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland sent this letter over to uh, Maricopa County, over to the Senate over there, and they were telling him, you know, basically cease and desist. Uh, we know that the um, the DOJ has tried to intimidate them into stopping the audit before, saying that they were being unconstitutional and they were harassing voters and stuff like that, which all of that made no sense and all of that was disproven. Uh, and all that was disproven by legal and lawful means for any of you who may not believe it out there. Uh, okay, so finally, this gopher, Mark Bronovich, uh, finally said something. Now, Mark Bronovich is the attorney general of Arizona. Now, he's been pretty active on the border. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It took him a while to say something, but um, he, you know, he has called for a state of emergency in Arizona on the border. Uh, I believe he and our AG um, Paxton, um, no, or was that, no, I take it back. It was Ducey and Abbott, uh, not uh, Bronovich and Paxton. But anyways, you know, he still, that's kind of where I guess he's been preoccupied. But at the same time, people were wondering if he was ever going to step up and say anything in defense of the audits that are taking place in his state, especially when they're coming under so much attack from all of these different lawyer and litigation outfits. Like, why wouldn't the state's main attorney general... Like, why wouldn't he come out and say something? So finally, this man releases a statement and it is in response to A.G. Merrick. Oh, don't you just love it when, uh, you know, like like types go head to head. Right. So let's see what it had to say. Uh, it's pretty strong worded from what I understand. All right. It says here. Hey, come on now. All right. It says here, dear Attorney General Garland. Last week, you made troubling comments about the ongoing efforts in states to ensure election integrity. Your statements displayed an alarming disdain for state sovereignty as defined under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution and the election provisions in Articles 1 and 2. Your comments followed a May 5th letter from Pamela Carlin of the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division on the subject of the Arizona Senate's oversight of the Maricopa County audit. This letter appeared more interested in supporting the hysterical outcries of leftist pundits on cable television rather than the rule of law. Okay, got to stop there. Love it, love it, love it. What took you so long, A.G. Bronovich, to come out of your little hermit hole? Um, you guys remember we read, la was, it wasn't last show, it was probably the show before that, which would have been Friday, right? Friday, um, if not Thursday. We, we read the letter that the Public Interest Legal Foundation sent to Karen Fan that just, it just crapped the heck all over Pamela Carlin. It exposed her for the liar that she is. It exposed her for the fraud that she is. And it also exposed all of the unlawful means that she was taking to try and intimidate the Arizona Senate. All right. So finally, finally, Bronovich steps up. Okay. It says, um, your, okay. It says my office is not amused by the DOJ po DOJ's posturing and will not tolerate any effort to undermine or interfere with our state Senate's audit to reassure Arizonans of the accuracy of our elections. We stand ready to defend federalism and state sovereignty against any partisan attacks or federal overreach. It is important to remember that the states created the federal government, not the other way around America's founders intentionally 
intentionally retained, restrained the federal government's constitutional boundaries to ensure each state could flourish in unique ways. Today, our federal government has largely forgotten the founder's intent, but my office has not. There are no issues more important for states to prioritize than the integrity of our elections. This is the cornerstone of our public, binding together the people's trust in the whole of government. Today, we see mistrust in our elections from Americans on all sides of the political spectrum. This should not be a partisan issue. States can and should take every opportunity to reassure all citizens that their vote counts. My office looks for ways to work alongside the federal government to uphold our laws within the constraints of the 10th Amendment and the election provisions in Articles 1 and 2. As I have demonstrated several times, however, Arizona will not sit back and let the Biden administration abuse its authority, refuse to uphold laws, or attempt to commandeer our state's sovereignty. Yes, sir, Mr. Bronovich, at least you gave us a strong statement for as long as it took. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This guy, he he's he's acting on the border. He's a little sluggish. I mean, I, I mean, I would say, look at him. Look at him. Actually, he looks much better with a beard and mustache. <laughs> I've seen some photos of him without it. He looks, uh, he looks more sophisticated that way. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he was waiting for the right time to lay that punch out. Uh, you know, you have some of those sleeper type people that only want to come out and speak when they know you need to hear something or someone needs to have a come to Jesus moment. Uh, so it's good to see that at least in this regard, because, you know, even 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 President Trump called out Bronovich. You know, he called out Ducey and Bronovich over there in Arizona. So, um, you know, even 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 we recognize that it's time for a little bit of action. It's good that it's coming because it would not be good for him if it weren't. OK, so let's go ahead and uh, following up with the heels. We're going to do a quick interview here. Now, this is from uh, let's see. This is from The Real America's Voice, um, and we're looking at an interview between uh, John Fredericks and Wendy Rogers. Now, Wendy Rogers is the senator who threatened to uh, throw A.G. Merrick in Arizona prison. She's also a retired Air Force lieutenant. Um, and so um, with that said, she's been she's also been uh, touring some of the people around over there in Arizona at the Coliseum for this, uh, I say, say people, touring some of the representatives around over there. So they caught up with her and uh, they did a quick interview. I thought it was pretty interesting. So I wanted to share it with y'all. Let me go ahead and get that up on the screen. All right, let me go ahead and make sure that the volume is nice and loud. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and uh, tune into this uh, quick interview. Hey, there's no volume. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me see what's up. I'll figure it out. Just give me a minute. Do, 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 do. Sorry, y'all. 
let me just get this real quick. All right, I think this should take care of it. Wendy Rogers, she represents Northern Arizona. She's a Republican. She's part of the Republican majority in Arizona that called for this audit. Wendy Rogers, that is the Flagstaff area. And she sent a scathing message to uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland the other day, who decided to now all of a sudden weigh in on Arizona's audit, which they have every right to do under the 10th Amendment, and say, hey, if you guys touch these ballots and go forward with this, we may be putting people in jail. That was enough for State Senator Wendy Rogers, who's joining us now. Senator Rogers, thank you for being with us. That obviously hit a nerve because you sent back a scathing message to Attorney General Garland. Can you tell everybody what you said? Well, I basically told the Attorney General to stay out of Arizona's business. Uh, this is a state's right issue. And uh, the DOJ needs to concentrate on what its role should be, which is to uh, protect our border, uh, prevent drug trafficking and human trafficking on our border, and uh, realize that uh, we don't need them interfering here with our audit of 2.1 million ballots in Maricopa County, which has been, as you said, John, upheld by four different courts. And uh, we are almost done. Uh, as you can see, uh, this is mostly now the evaluation process where we are uh, forensically looking at the ballots. We're looking at the paper to see what fibers are in the paper. Uh, we're looking to see if the oval was actually uh, filled out by a human being or a machine. Uh, we're looking to see if the uh, target crosshairs line up on some of the corner markings, as well as uh, little uh, yellow dot watermarks on many of the ballots and so forth. So this is an excruciatingly detailed process. We're very, very proud of this process. And I've hosted numerous uh, state representatives and uh, state senators from other states. And I think that in turn made DOJ nervous. Well, obviously it made the attorney general nervous who then uh, basically threatened Arizonans and threatened them with potential prison. What was that about? Well, he had no business threatening and uh, we will stand resolute. We will stand firm. Our whole modus operandi is to get to the bottom of what the truth is for 2020 so that we can fix the mechanisms, if you will, uh, for 2022. But the resounding theme that I got from all these other states uh, visiting was that they absolutely want to get to the truth of what happened in 2020. This is a gold standard operation here. You have cyber forensic firms who are at the top of the uh, national security pyramid in terms of clearances and uh, track record uh, that they've established. Cypher, C-Y-F-I-R, for example, is uh, one of the subcontractors here. They alone were responsible for uh, disclosing the OPM breach some years ago uh, at the Office of Personnel and Management. So my security clearance as having had a top secret clearance as an Air Force pilot and any number of other people's clearances that were on those forms, 
that breach was discovered just with a demonstration of their software on a, a once in, once out kind of situation. That's the caliber of firm that is part of this deep dive uh, forensic audit. And I am so proud of Arizona. We have a very narrow majority in the state Senate. The state Senate is the chamber that's responsible to carry out this audit. Uh, but for Arizona, we have only a 16-14 majority, 16 Republican, 14 Democrat in the state Senate. If we didn't have that majority, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've, you've basically got one seat to give or it's a, it's a, it's a tie. But uh, Wendy, I just I want you to get back to one thing you told Merrick Garland, which was the threat back you gave him. You said, come here to Arizona. I want to put uh, steal your thunder. So I just want you to tell everybody that haven't heard what you say, exactly what you said. You told the attorney general, you said, come here to Arizona, start touching one ballot. And here's what would happen. Can you elaborate on that, Wendy? We communicated to him that uh, the DOJ will be legally dealt with if they meddle in our state. This, as I said, has been upheld by the courts. We have been thwarted at every turn uh, by the County Board of Supervisors, who ironically are Republican, uh, but they have stymied us as much as possible. Uh, we have sought out and been resolute to get to the end. And this has been ongoing for months. I have the utmost respect for my colleague, Senate President Karen Fan, who has never tired and never failed in continuing to pursue the truth, as well as our Senate Judiciary Chairman Warren Peterson, with whom I office. These are true Arizonans in the Western mold, the, the tenacious ethos the hard scrabble Westerner of our Republic. We were the 48th state uh, to become a state. And this is a uh, the quintessential Arizona, never tire, no matter if it literally is 118 degrees outside right now, to get to the truth. And the rest of the country is looking to us. If you had told me, John, two years ago when I began to run, uh, Senator Rogers, do you realize you're going to be at the pointy tip of the sword at ground zero with Arizona determining what happened in 2020? And oh, by the way, your state Senate will be the chamber that will be vested with leading that charge. And oh, by the way, you'll only have a one vote majority to be able to carry this out. But for such a time as this. I, I served in the military for 20 years. I've been a business owner uh, for 23 years. I'm a mother of two, a grandmother of six. My husband and I have been married 43 years. And this is what it comes down to. This is what we are called to do, to find the truth, do it as a state, because it is our right and to see it through. Tell you what, that's uh, that attitude. I, you know, talking to Ken Bennett every week, who uh, Karen Fan uh, installed as the head of this audit, former Senate President, former Secretary of State, 
uh, comes on my show every Wednesday. We on again tomorrow, up and up, explaining everything. But here was the other development, um, Wendy. Yesterday, after your statement, which got picked up by some of the uh, some of the media uh, be- because it was so strident, all of a sudden, Attorney General of Arizona Mark Brenovich, Republican ally of Governor Ducey, haven't heard a peep out of the guy through this whole thing. Not a word. Completely silent wrote a scathing letter to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, yesterday that got released today. It's uh, We tweeted that. It's also on my Facebook page, John Frederick's Radio. You can find it there. It's all there. But that letter, I know in certain terms, and one of the things he said in it is, number one, he said, hey, stay out of our state. You have no right. But the other thing he said is, hey, don't forget, it was the states that created the federal government. You didn't create yes. us. Maybe you forgot yes. that. But I, yeah. I, I, I haven't heard a peep out of this guy. There's this whole thing. All of a sudden, Wendy Rogers gets on the news, fires back when uh, you guys are threatened with jail time for doing your audit. And now we get this letter from Mark Prenovich. I don't think, Wendy, without your salvo, we ever see this. What is it that inspired uh, your attorney general to get involved in this? Well, I think it's just a culmination of a lot of things. Uh, our attorney general is a legal scholar, and he uh, has articulated this uh, very well. And so I'm glad he echoed our sentiment, that he uh, underscored how we feel. If I may say, uh, we had a text among us senators uh, yesterday evening when it came out, and all of my colleagues were very, very gratified. Uh, that he came and put his legal imprimatur on uh, how we feel as a state. And so that is just, to me, uh, tying the bow on the package in terms of uh, codifying that we are a state, we have this right, we will get it correctly done, we will get to the truth, and it's, it's irrespective of Democrat or Republican. Bear in mind, 2,000 people have volunteered here at this audit. Everyone was background checked and vetted. And specifically, the question was not asked, are you Democrat or Republican? The Democrats were invited to come here to see the audit. Uh, The first moment that President Karen Fan said, hey, senators, you can go down there to... um, have a walk around and have an in-brief. I jumped on it. This was several weeks ago. And I sat down with the well, you've CEO been, you've been leading this of effort. Cyber Ninja. I, I got to tell you, Senator, we're, we're, running out of, Senator we're, we're running out of time. I got to go. One person with courage makes a majority. That's Senator Wendy Rogers. Thank you for being with us. Right back at you outside the Beltway. All right, guys, that was awesome. Uh, Wendy Rogers is on fire, as you can clearly see. Um, and yeah, I mean, he even even uh, John Friedrichser was blown away uh, by her gusto. So that's pretty, pretty great interview. I thought it's great to see the many different faces of courage coming out throughout this entire process. It's not like we're just seeing one person fight against, you know, the state or the, you know, the 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 would be um, um, politicians of Arizona and stuff like that. Oh, Lordy, John Friedrichs. Jesus Christ, you scared the heck out of me. Okay, so 
<laughs> Anyways, who's who? Oh, oh God! Before, uh, look, maybe this face is appropriate. <laughs> Uh, before we go on any further, I need to make a public service announcement. Apparently, Brad is on with Katie right now, guys. Brad is on with Katie. Now, I don't know who Brad is. I know who Katie is. Now, if I were not doing a live show right now, I would be inclined to go watch Katie's show. Um, and I don't mind people, uh, you know, running through here and show bombing the audience. Uh, but that is bad form, Christina Fontana. I haven't seen you in weeks, and you <laughs> the first thing you do is tell people about it. There's always replays, guys. If you want to go check out Brad and Katie, it won't break my heart. I promise you. But anyways, I just thought I'd make that public service announcement since uh, Christina Fontana came in and let everybody know. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So what is with this face? Okay. <laughs> that was no. That was good stuff, guys. That was good stuff from um um uh wendy rogers there like i was saying and like even even she was she was pleased with the fact that bronovich has finally said something he's finally put his stamp you know on uh the election audit uh among other things but now we have katie schnobs okay i'm sure you guys all know who this face is we've talked about katie schnobs at nauseum here this woman's desperate that is the face of a desperate woman or a desperate person, a desperate human, whatever you want to say, right? But she's already at this point, you know, she came up with this term fraud it, which actually applies to everything that they did prior to this audit and everything that happened in states like New Hampshire and everything that happened in states like Michigan and Wisconsin, right? Um, that was the true term in reality. Uh, but now she's she's basically she's gone into this entire desperation mode. She it's so interesting to me how these people speak like what they say is true. It's like those people who get in your chat room and try and tell you mistruths or untruths or, you know, they just say things and it's like it's not going to work like you can't you can't like put someone who's awake back to sleep you can't fool a bird who has gotten up so early in the morning you know what so anyways this is what she's trying to do it's the whole gaslighting thing it's the whole lie consistently lie big kind of thing so she gets over onto what was it i think the washington compost or something like that she, lists, she uh, writes this opinion article talking about how she is the one who is fighting for voting rights in Arizona, right? She is the one. And she says that they need the Senate to step up. Isn't it so funny how all of that is reversed, right? Like, apparently, she's fighting for voting rights by trying to stop a transparent and public audit. And the Senate needs to step up. What does that mean? That they stop? Like, that makes no sense. So, I mean, she, she writes this article. She says, my office won a court order to send impartial observers to the audit. And I try to keep the public informed about its dangers through her lies. And never forget about this uh, swamp creature doublespeak. When she says we need to protect democracy, She's not talking about the voter the voting integrity and election integrity of our voting system. She's talking about her pals. When she says that we could get hurt and we can hurt America, she's not talking about our America. She's talking about the America of her and her treasonous swamp friends. 
that's who she's talking about. It's a totally different America. It's not the same America that we Americans subscribe to and are a part of and believe in, you know, and even in here, there was this outright lie where she's talking about what uh, um, winning a court order so that they could gain access to get into the Veteran Memorial Coliseum. Now, that's ridiculous because as we all know, when this whole thing started, we saw the press conference with Scott Bennett and his lawyer, and they were out there outside of the Veterans Memorial Coliseum talking about how they invited Democrats to have their representatives and all of that stuff to invite them to be part of this audit, to observe it, you know, to to be in, in uh, contact uh, in regarding to but they refused. In fact, no Democrats wanted to have any part of observing this audit as full transparent as it was. But of course, she has to lie about that because it makes her it makes her look big. Right. Because if you say you have the court backing you up and it's a total gaslight, it's a total lie, you know, uh, then it makes them look like they have more propriety on their side. It makes them look like they have more. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, virtue, I don't know, behind them, it's ridiculous, right? So, and let's not forget, she's had two different people sneak in there in her name, uh, including that Ryan Macias guy. She says, here Republicans just got rid of Arizona's... Okay, so now she's she starts, aside from the audit, she starts attacking other things that uh, the uh, Republican Senate is doing over in Arizona for voting rights, for election integrity, to secure voting. So this way they can't get away with dead people on voter rolls and they can't get away with, you know, uh, empty lots being uh, the address of like 100 people. Right. And it says here, Republicans just got rid of Arizona's most effective voting measures, the permanent early voter list. Okay. Let me read this. It says, previously, anyone who signed up for the list would automatically receive a mail-in ballot at their home for each election they are eligible to vote in. This law, enacted by a Republican-controlled state legislature in 2007, is hugely popular. Some 75% of eligible voters relied on the list to receive their mail-in ballots in 2020, and nearly 80% decided to vote by mail. Now, I would say that that is not true because she's saying it was hugely popular, but it was hugely popular by default <laughs> because, because there was a pandemic. It wasn't popular because it, it it's what they it, it wasn't popular because it was it was popular because it had to be in the minds of scared Arizonans you know what I mean so it that's just a total like I don't know that just makes no sense to me um, what do you call it so that's just stupid like that's just plain old stupid and then she says uh, uh, this other thing here and we know that the Democrats and I know that there are other states out there that have this measure in their uh, voting type of system which is where they send out ballots to everyone who's ever voted a period right on their voter rolls so and this is this is a mechanism a tool of the left obviously this is how this is how they steal elections this is one of the ways that it helps them do it and so you have her over here saying that uh they want to re remove that she says last month the governor ducey signed legislation that removes people from the list if they do not vote by mail in two election cycles 
But she's like, damn it. Now we're going to have to have, we're going to have to put work into this. Now we're going to have to, you know, like actually uh, uh, go out and it, the, the list won't just be there sitting for us on our laps, ready to go whenever we want to do a scam on elections. So now they have to do more legwork, you know? And, and so it's just ridiculous that she's complaining about these types of things when all of us are starting to see exactly how these things um, 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 help to uh, keep, uh, fraud and election cheating going. And then this should really tell you, and we already know where she stands. After all, this is Katie Schnob, Secretary of Snakes over there in Arizona, who thinks she has a chance running for governor in Arizona. Like this woman that you see that face, she thinks she has a chance to run for governor. Like, look at her. No one's going to vote for this woman. Okay. It says she gives you her stance on HR1. And H.R. 1 has already been dissected as the bill that would legalize all of the cheating methods that they used in the 2020 election. That's why they want to that's why they want to pass it, because they want to legalize how they cheated. It says another federal bill before the People Act would strike down the senseless restri restrictions that Republicans have rushed to impose, such as not allowing people to campaign with 150 feet of the camp of the voting site. Right. OK, what's more? The bill includes many long overdue common sense ideas that would expand voting rights, such as automatic national voter registration passing these provisions would be a huge victory not for democrats specifically but for democracy yet for the people act is in jeopardy because 50 republican senators and several democrats uh, democrat ones because <laughs> they're all democratic katie everyone is democratic in a democratic republic their party is democrat not democratic Get it straight, girl. Okay. 50 Republican senators and several Democrat senators <laughs> are not taking the steps needed to pass it. Democrats, including Joe Manchin, the third of West Virginia, and Kirsten, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, either do not support the bill or refuse to touch the filibuster, an arcane Senate rule that has often been used to block voting rights god this woman she she does her community and her state a disservice by being such a outward and open snake like this snake came out of the closet a long time ago i don't care what you say um but that is katie schnob secretary of snakes over there in arizona mm -hmm. i guess we're having an arizona episode tonight that's been a while right guys all right now with that said We'll hear what Ms. Dr. Kelly Ward has to say about Katie Schnobs and also what's going on with the election audit. We're almost there, guys. Hang tight. Hello, Arizona. It is time for the daily update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. It amazes me that leftists attacks on the full forensic audit of the 2020 Maricopa County general election vote continue despite the professionalism and the expertise being employed by the auditors hired by the Arizona State Senate. The audit continues to be maligned by people who have absolutely no interest in restoring voter confidence or election integrity. People like radical leftist Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who just expects you to trust her, trust her when she tells you that the election was perfect. 
She and her ilk have the nerve to call the audit a vehicle of conspiracy theories. And they want you to believe that any problems or irregularities in the 2020 election have been debunked. Debunked. When a leftist tells you something has been debunked, you better do some serious research. Because debunked in their language means they don't agree with the truth. So they're creating their own version of reality. So let's let's talk about a little bit um, about what else has supposedly been debunked by these people. First, the COVID-19 virus originating in a laboratory in Wuhan, China. How about that? For months, we were told that this was absolutely impossible. Now, because of actual journalism from other countries around the world, we know that there were cases of the virus in Wuhan, China, as early as November of 2019. And those cases may just have been in lab employees. The new narrative is that the lab leak theory is entirely possible and extremely likely. Now, what about the tear gas being used to clear out protesters in Lafayette Square so that President Trump could stand in front of the historic St. John's Church, a church that had been damaged by rioters? Well, a report by an inspector general, one who was an Obama administration appointee, by the way, reports basically the opposite, okay? The park police were clearing out the square to allow contractors to install fine-free fencing around a historic statue. Nothing to do with President Trump. In fact, there are reports from a May 28th federal court hearing that the Democrat mayor of D.C. is actually the one who ordered the D.C. police to use tear gas in the park to enforce her 7 p.m. curfew. Another fake news story attacking Trump and hiding the truth from we the people that simply does not hold up. Then there is Hunter Biden's laptop. Social media banned this, the oldest continuing newspaper in America, founded by Alexander Hamilton himself, the New York Post all because they dared to run a story about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, revealing that his laptop held embarrassing and possibly illegal information. Numerous for, former, and remember they were former, former national security officials signed a letter claiming the, the reports were probably Russian disinformation. It turns out that there is a federal investigation going on right now into Hunter Biden and the contents of his laptop. What do these stories have in common? They were all championed by the same folks who are demanding that we disregard the full forensic audit here in Arizona. Based on their track record, why should we follow their advice? Why would we? Let the audit run its course and then let us make an informed judgment based on the full report, not on lies, half-truths, and debunking done by people with an agenda. Thanks for joining us today. We will not be threatened, shamed, or distracted from our fight for election integrity. I'll see you next time. Yay, I love Dr. Kelly Martin. 
That was great. I love, oh God, they're so, they're so fired up there in Arizona. They know they're on the threshold of something huge. Like they know they're on the threshold of something enormous, like something is coming, you know? Okay. So that's just, that's, that's great right there. And uh, interesting how all these other cases she's bringing up, we're going to want, <laughs> she's kicking a few theories, but yeah, we're, and we're going to want to pay attention to what's going on with Hunter Biden's laptop. Because there's a lot of stuff coming, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we already know about what was going on with Burisma. We already know that the family is tied to China in several, many different ways. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Hunter Biden, uh, a known drug addict and sex fiend, maybe that whole scenario was put out in the front to cover up over something else maybe that he had a bigger part in or something like that, you know, but who knows the stories are out there. If you're willing to hear and you know where to look, um, maybe we'll share them with you guys here at the sea report sooner than later. But I think there's going to be a firestorm happening over what's going on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and that laptop and the different business dealings and the different places that they traveled and the different people that they know and how they traveled and who they traveled with. And no, we're not talking about Epstein here, ladies and gentlemen, but, um, it's going to blow it's going to blow the ship out. It's going to be like, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> and, and it's coming from all sides, you know? And they can't even say it was Trump doing something political anymore because it is literally going to be coming at them from all sides of all corners of the world. I mean, it's it's coming. It's coming. We'll see what they can do about it in the end. All right, ladies and gentlemen, who's that man? Who's that man? Last story for you guys tonight. Uh, just doing a lot of the Arizona thing here. Now we'll talk a little bit about Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo, former secretary of, uh, oh, sorry, former secretary, I was going to say former AG, former secretary of state here for the, uh, under uh, President uh, Donald Trump. All right. Now, uh, Pompeo, he's actually just launched a new PAC, a political action committee. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are saying, is he preparing for a run in 2024? Uh, what do you guys think? Like, uh, do you think he's going to run for president? I mean, I know in my opinion, he seems like he'd be a pretty good guy to run for. I, I, I'm pretty topical on this gentleman. I, you know, I know he went to West Point. I know he was a, a, an entrepreneur, a business owner in the state of Kansas. I know I believe he represented in the state of Kansas, and then he went on to be a CIA director, right? Uh, I would have to examine his years at the CIA to really get a grasp on how I feel about this man, because, you know, we're still very up in the air about director Christopher Ray. Now, I know that uh, certain, um, certain uh, what do you call it, certain... Uh, certain places on the internet said to trust director Ray, but a lot of people don't trust director Ray at this point. So the question is, do we go based on that gitchy feeling? Do we wait and see how it all plays out? Do we have faith in a man that we don't know what the heck he's doing? Um, or if things seem untoward, I don't know. I don't know guys. Like some of these things I don't like to speculate on, 
but still that doesn't mean you can't go back and look at some of their history. Uh, I mean, there's always arguments that uh, some people will be put up to doing something that seems untoward uh, to play the sleeper or to play the double agent, so to speak. But uh, for everything that Mike Pompeo did, at least during his time with Trump, I, I thought it was pretty good. But now he's launching this pack. Uh, it's uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo launches a political action committee on Tuesday. That was yesterday. Wait, today is Tuesday. <laughs> I thought it was already Wednesday, y'all. Anyways, which will work. To- Wait, is today Wednesday? No, today's Tuesday. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, a uh, long day. Okay, so um, okay, so uh, this uh, pack that he's launching, um, it's for the uh, 2022 election candidates that are dedicated to conservative values upon which America was founded. Now, I heard that this pack would also be very supportive of lawyers who, I mean, because as you know, like what? Uh, one, like uh, 99% of our uh, representatives and senators are all lawyers. Like they all have to have that lawyer speak in order to get into office, apparently. Like what happened to having a farmer out there? No, just kidding. I mean, I guess we're lucky we have some doctors in the house, right? Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, so um, that's what he, he said. He, uh, he told Politico that the mission of the organization, which is called Champion American Values Pack, is to oppose the Biden administration, uh, uh, their cultural and political agenda, and regain majorities in both the chambers of Congress, which is going to happen either way. Come 2022, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty darn sure that we're going to get a majority there unless they do a full-out cheat. Now, what we're finding in all of these interim primaries and municipal elections is that there is still some cheating going on um, and that's like we saw up in Pennsylvania when they had their primaries over there. What was that? And about the Pittsburgh uh, County area. The, that's not Pittsburgh County, but whatever was it, Fulton County. There's a Fulton County in Georgia and a Fulton County in Pennsylvania. That's how I read it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, so um, Pompeo says, it is unambiguously clear to me that if we don't get it right in the next 16 or 17 months, What will happen over the next four years will make it incredibly difficult for whoever is elected president in 2024. So that is my singular focus. He says, I worked abroad to protect America from those who want to do us harm today at home. Our foundational ideas are under attack more than ever before, and I intend to stay in the fight. So, yes, uh, he's planning to visit California and Iowa Uh, to do some fundraising and speaking there. Um, He says, we're going to go out and we've started this already, but we're going to go out and expand to a greater degree, helping candidates all across the country. So here you go again. Now we have like Trump's uh, PACs, his political action committees, the America First, uh, et cetera. And now we have uh, Mike Pompeo jumping on that also. But that's what I have to wonder. I already heard people say he would be making a presidential bid in 2024. I think it would be cool if we had him as a vice president to Donald Trump. But of course, here I go again, putting all of my eggs in Trump's basket. It's okay, Mr. Trump, you can take my eggs for me. But you know, (laughs) but uh, it would be cool to see like a Trump Pompeo ticket, you know, Uh, I think I think President Trump does well. If he has a vice president whose last name starts with a P, I mean, of course he had Pence and, you know, it was Trump Pence. And I mean, I wanted a Trump Paul, but I mean, it's whatever, but I mean, it would be still cool to see a Trump Pence, I mean, a Trump Pompeo, a Trump Pompeo, a Trump Pompeo, 
a Trump Pompeo. Anyways, I don't know. That would be pretty cool to me. I think they did good as a team together. I think that this man upheld a lot of the values for us in the United these here United States of America uh, in that regard. So, yep, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that's what I got for you tonight. We'll see what we bring for you guys tomorrow. I hope y'all had a good time hanging out with me. Thanks for sticking around, you all. Yes, CIA are traitors. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Tanya Kiel. So I'd have to really look at his tenure there, uh, Mike Pompeo's at the CIA. Did he do some damage? Because in my opinion, the CIA is the uh, the strong, you know, the the military wing. It's this the 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 arm of the deep state. You know, it's it's that tentacle that the actual goes out there. It's the strong arm, you know, whereas the bank is actually the head. But anyways, hey, we got loyal to the foil in the house. How you doing, Miss Loyal to the Foil? Thanks for hanging out and coming on in. Uh, Sean Joe, um, let's see here. Who else we got here? You got some people I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't seen in here before. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, the Speaking Easy, it's always good to have you. I gotta, gotta get back on my Sundays at the Foxhole. I have, I have not been on. I have not been able to be on. Um, but I'll, I'll be able to check you guys out soon. If not, you know, I always, I always try and catch the replays. I was a replay uh replay queen for a while <laughs> so to speak just kidding all right ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go let me go ahead and release that scratch off before i go that way you guys can oh yeah and pff, what am i thinking Ugh, how ungrateful of me allow me to thank you all for the gold bill donations tonight thank you so much i hope the sound came in pretty good today uh, because I have a new setup on sound. I hope it wasn't, I mean, I'm not wearing the studio speakers because, you know, they say like, this just does, it just doesn't go with like the look, you know? <laughs> so anyways, thank you out there. It, it works really well. Um, the gold pill. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. You know who you are. All right. So, uh, we got that going. See, look. The only thing I need to do is I just need to get a mic stand, but oh, she's beauty. I think she works pretty good. Okay. Yes. I'm not going to forget always in Texas because I almost forgot last time to release a scratch off. So <laughs> let me go and do that right now. Wait, it says lotto isn't released. What? I am the one who's releasing the lotto. Okay. Let's see here. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this was a good this was actually a good soup up for our 100th episode. You know, we got a new background going on here. Uh, got a new sound system. in. so hopefully all the volumes came out good and well for you all. If not, I'll tweak it. Um, but uh, from what I heard, uh, it sounded like it was coming in pretty good. Now, I have to ask why it's not giving me a notice to release the scratch offs. That's not fair. Let's see here. <laughs> I like that Tanya Kiel pompadour. <laughs> Wouldn't he look funny if he had like a pompadour hairstyle? That's funny. You're funny. That's funny. <laughs> that tickled my funny bone. Okay. I don't have a message here to release. Am I not signed in? I'm so dumb. How can I not be logged in? I swear I was chatting with you guys. I guess I wasn't. My bad. Okay. Allow me to log in real quick so I can release the lottos. And again, thanks everyone for hanging out tonight. Uh, it was it was cool that you guys hung out with me on, on my 100th episode. It's nothing worth, you know, being like, hey, 100. But, um, you know, 
uh, when we get to one year of the Sea Report, which will be in February, I guess the Sea Report would be a uh, Aquarian. <laughs> I'm not. But anyways, nothing wrong with Aquarians. Here comes the lotto tickets. Happy scratching. May the gold pill be ever in your favor, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, see, I love it. I love you people who have good memories. Sean Joe says Pompeo did not support Trump in 2016. He supported Rubio. Good to know. Dang, always you're lucky. All right, man, looking up. Things are looking up, looking up. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Y'all, Thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. We'll be back doing this again tomorrow, probably at the same place, same time. Carrie Lake, it's so good to see you, Carrie. I also saw you in there too, Classical Chick. Thank you for hanging out. Much love to you, Classical Chick. Um, let's see. Guy, you guys, man, you guys are rolling in the good pills, the gold pills tonight. Congratulations, y'all. Congratulations. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 100 is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I love nicknames also. So we have Pompadour Pompeo. Okay, so I have uh, Nick, Nipple Rings Cuomo, Waddles Nadler, Hoods Pelosi, and Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. I'm looking one for for Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, but it has to it has to have that that ring to it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, all right, let me let you go so you can go enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for hanging out tonight. I had a fun time. I hope you did too. We'll be back again at the Sea Report tomorrow at the same time, 7.30 p.m. Texas time. That's 8.30 uh, Trump time. Um, and we will be here bringing you, uh, you know, whatever analysis it is that comes into my brain to share with you guys. And I, I hope you guys enjoy. I know you do. I enjoy you guys. I love you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Man, that was anticlimactic. <laughs>